ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Show, the T.K. Kirkland Podcast, executive producer, Charlemagne the God, and we travel the world, and we bring everybody to light because everybody has a story. So, um, young lady, I read your information on my um, Instagram, my Facebook, and can you explain to me again what you wanted to talk about? Okay, so what I wanted to talk about is I am, I'm from Minnesota. I am a 39-year-old single-way female who has a son who literally has a medical career, and um, my life was touched by um, the addiction battle that's going on right now. Um, my son's father, I was with him. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. What kind of addiction? So my son's father battled with, at first it was just um, going to Florida and getting oxycodone from the doctor. Okay. For back pain <clears throat> that led to, um, he ultimately, heroin that was laced with carfentanil took his life. So, so no, nope, nope. It was just, um, he had went to Florida because he had battled addiction up here in Minnesota. Right. Um, I had went through the whole treatment thing with him. Um, you know, he had kept going to Florida getting these oxys from these doctors. So it was all legal. Um, but then he started battling it more and more. Um, couldn't take it, so I had bought him a ticket to Florida. This was in 2013. Um, and then he had ended up catching a case in Florida where he had got charged with 23 felonies when he had got pulled over. Now, um, did, ended up, so, so, slow down, slow down. You're talking so fast. Take a deep breath. Sorry. Slow down. Okay, <laughs> so he had his addiction. You, know, you sent him to Florida. He, he, he picked up some of the stuff. And, and so why did he get 23 felonies? Yep. So when he was in Florida, um, he actually just started getting, I'm assuming he got it hooked on um, heroin and stuff, which I didn't know anything about. Okay. He went from weighing, he was like 6'2". He went from weighing like 240 pounds to 170 pounds wow. when he was arrested. So um, I got a call that he had got picked up. He was charged with driving without a license, um, drug paraphernalia, stolen car, all these charges, um, mm-hmm. it ultimately ended up putting him away in prison for the first time in two years. Okay. And then he had gotten out in September um, and had overdosed, this was September of 2016, had overdosed on a bunch of over-the-counter, like, Xanax and stuff that he does, I guess, was really easy to get down in Florida and oxycodone. Mm-hmm. Ended up going back to prison and doing all his time. He was released in December of 2016 on the 13th, or in just the early part of December. And ultimately on December 13th, I got a call saying that he was found dead with a needle in his arm. And the heroin was laced with carfentanil, which is an elephant tranquilizer. So, um, yes. So, and you know what's crazy is not only did I have to tell my eight-year-old son that, you know, his father was dead, but the fact of the matter is I went into full-blown detective mode. Like, I wanted to know how he died, what it felt like when he died, who sold it to him, why is it so, you know, easy to get. And mm-hmm. ultimately speaking with the detectives down there, they told me, you know, what's crazy is the fact that whatever dealer sold it to him, that his shares and his stocks and his sales will go up because everybody will want what he died from. What do you so mean at that sales time, will go up? Well, like, like his, like his, whatever product he's selling, everybody that he sells to will want, will want whatever killed my son's father. You gotta be kidding because, me! Because yeah, nope. And this is coming from a Florida Broward County 
detective telling me that that is the one they'll want that batch. They're going to want what he got. Wow. And I just, I couldn't, you know, the biggest mistake I made was thinking that I was exempt from ever losing my son's father. Like I was better than that. That would never happen to me. Right. And the fact of the matter is, you know, he died with a needle in his arm and so many people are not willing to talk about that. And my passion is to write, but when he died, I couldn't find one damn book that would help me tell my son that his father died of a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. So I began to write a children's book, you know, and decided that I would self-publish it through Amazon, which I'm in the process of doing now. The book part is done. I'm just doing the illustrations now. Okay. But the twist to the story is um, I kept myself so busy that I didn't deal with my grief. So therefore, um, December, you know, like 2017, I get introduced to a drug. Now, I've never done drugs before in my life, never never dabbled in them, have a career, have everything I need. And I get introduced to a drug called Molly. Now, okay. this... Now, slow, slow down again. Yep, go ahead. Slow down again. It's like you've been waiting to talk to me. You I have. <laughs> you don't understand. Like, I guess rolling. I've been waiting. Okay. Waiting. So I'm going to dissect your conversation. So who introduces you to Molly? So, just randomly at a bar one day, just get introduced to it. Everybody had been doing it around, so just get introduced to it. Um, okay. Slow down again. Who yep. introduced you to Molly? Was it a date? Was it a girlfriend? Was it a, a guy you... No, it was just, it was actually, it was somebody that I just had, you know, I was acquaintance with. So, it wasn't yeah, anybody, was, like, in a full-blown circle, but it was just being had, out one night. Okay, slow down again. It's somebody who's what? It's just being out in a circle of friends. People right, doing were you it. Fucking this person? Was you having sex? Yeah, we were fucking. Yep. Okay. Definitely there fucking. You go. There that's you go. You want the truth? Yep. Hear. That's how it. That's that's how it got. Yep. It yeah, got into a, you know being in a relationship with somebody that you know I probably wasn't ready to be with at the time because I was okay. going through the whole grieving process. All right. Now um, another question. I'm gonna let you talk, but you gotta let me. Do no, go ahead. Thing. No, you're fine. So now, did you take the Molly though? Yep, I took the Molly. Yep, started wow. doing Molly every weekend. To be honest with you, I was in a really bad place. Like, I would get up in the morning, take care of my child, make sure he got off to school, would go to work, but I didn't know how to handle my grief. I, I lost all faith in everything. Um, I couldn't understand why my son's father could die with a needle in his arm. How could you leave your child like that? How could you let the drug take you out of the game? Mm-hmm. But yet, here I am. I turned right. to a pill. Yep, exactly. I turned to a pill. That's where the twist comes in, yep. That's so where the now, twist I'm comes in. Like, right? At the first five minutes of this conversation, I thought you was a motherfucking superhero. So, <laughs> so this, yep, this is where it goes to. Yep. So you get digmatized. Yep. Introduce you to modeling. So what gets you out of the Molly or or for your answer, or are you still yep. taking it occasionally? Nope. Nope, nope, not still taking it. Um, I do it for probably on and off for seven months every probably three three weekends out of the month. Now, what takes me out of the game is um, July of last year rolls around, and I literally go on a binger for probably about five days. That's what took me out of the game. Um, I came back to my parents and was like, I I didn't only need, like, I drug, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You mean you say take you out of the game. What do you mean by take you out of the game? Well, it literally, like, I had never left my son ever before. It's been me and my son for, you know, he's 11 now. So I've never left right. my son for over two days. So when I say take me out of the game, like, I had went for five days just on a binger, didn't call anybody, didn't do anything. 
You know, my parents put out a missing persons report. Um, nobody knew where I was. And well, that go? for me, I went, to be honest with you, I went to a casino for five days and just didn't care about anything. Okay, so it wasn't like you was kidnapped on a sex slave nope, thing. Nope, 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 nothing like that. You just wanted, you just wanted some alone time. Well, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even alone. It was just like I didn't want, I, at that point, I had lost the place where I lived. I had lost my career. I had lost my job. Um, everything was just all bad. And But wow. when you're doing things like that and you're trying to, to deal with grief and you're trying to figure out what the fuck just really happened to your life, mm-hmm. all I wanted, drugs weren't my problem. They were my solution. They made me so I didn't have to feel anything. And, and the fact of the matter is when I came back, you know, I looked at my father and said, I don't need to just go to treatment. I need to find um, something that is going to help my mental health. Something mm-hmm. that is going to make me okay and find my faith again. I need that aha moment to say, this is why I'm here. So, therefore, I did 30 days of inpatient treatment. Um, it was a dual diagnosis, you know, place where I did it. And I will be graduating. That When I got out, I started outpatient treatment. And eight months, I will be graduating outpatient treatment. Um, but the truth is, is that, that this is where I needed to be. I okay. needed to find, I needed to do this. I had to go through this to find out what it was like for my son's father, how he could leave. Because I had to sit around addicts to know what it felt like to be an addict. Okay. I didn't know how much heroin changes somebody's life. I didn't know that once you stick that needle in your arm, there's no turning back. And you may know that it's laced with fentanyl, or you may know that it's laced with something that will kill you, but that makes you want it more. I'm around people that have lost their children, that are dying. Their children are not with them. Um, but to be honest with you, I, 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 I hated him. Like, I hated my God. I hated my son's father. I didn't know how you could be away from your child like that. How could you let a drug, a needle, take you out of the game? Mm-hmm. But yet here I am sitting in a treatment center for addiction, telling my son that not only did you lose your father, but now your mommy's going to treatment. So just, right. you know, trying to to explain the difference between a pill and a needle and that, listen, mommy didn't put a needle on her arm. Mommy didn't do what daddy did, but mommy still did a drug. And sitting down and talking to him, because a lot of people were like, oh, you shouldn't tell him that his dad died of addiction. No, yes, I should. He should know exactly how his father died. Because it's, it's out there. The chances of him getting offered drugs are 99%. And the fact is that nobody's talking about this. People are dying every second from these laced drugs. So and here's the, here's the situation. I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here. I'm listening to you. And I'm, I'm taking everything in, but your your answers are hypocritical in a sense. Let me explain to you what I mean. Okay. You are this woman who never did drugs before until you found that your husband did drugs, right? Yeah, my son's father, yep, weren't married, yep, exactly, yep. Yes. Let's say son's yep. So not one time did you take one drug when he was doing this all these years? No, no, never, right. never messed so with drugs all no. You get intrigued. You get intrigued. Like, how the fuck did he die? I want to do, I want to go in-depth research to find out what the fuck happened to my son's father. Now, you're not even together at this time, correct? No, no. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. But communicating every day, yep. Yeah, watch where I'm going with this. Okay. 
So he's not even your boyfriend. Y'all not even fucking. But he's your son's dad. You get caught up in what's happening now, and then you get motherfucker hooked. Then you lose all the stuff that you worked hard for. You're in our patient. Thank God you're still here to survive. But I honestly don't think you have to tell your son how his father died. Not now. I think he's a little too young because it didn't help you to prevent it. You did it. And by just telling him about it could intrigue because there's something going on in the universe where people are drawn to the craziest things possible. And you really got to be strong out here. And let me prove my point. When I was coming up in high school, my dad drowned, right, in the ocean mm-hmm. in Staten Island. Then my oldest brother gets murdered after, not too far after that. Cops kill him seven times. Then my mom dies of cancer, right? My mother dies. Okay. Then my youngest brother dies of kidney failure all before I was 40 years old. Right? So okay. my kids, who I love dearly, they'll come, they'll, when we do talk about it from time to time, they'll say, Dad, man, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, why? I said, because I don't know how I could act, Dad, if I lost everybody. And what I'm trying to tell you, to the people who are listening, I need everybody to listen to me very carefully. See, people go through this universe not understanding that death is a part of the contract. Death is part of life. And when you go through this world pretending that death is not the end result, you have situations like you have now. Right. So people who are going to have sisters and brothers die this year for the rest of their life is part of the cycle. You got to stay in the gym. You got to walk. You got to find a bag to hit, but you got to have some type of activity to keep your body going because most people who don't get into activities, they gain weight, they get depressed, they go to drugs. So if you had been active in your gym or active in just walking every day, I guarantee you the results have been different because when you said you took the molly and a man offered it to you, at that moment you had a choice right then. Oh, most definitely. You feel me? You had, you had a choice. Most definitely. Now, when I came up in this world, man, you have no idea all the crazy shit, but I never did drugs, though. I did a lot of shit, but I never did drugs. As right. I got older and became a man, I won't, I don't want to do nothing now. Right. And I'm a street dude. And to this day, everybody knows the connections that I have, and I won't even give out a connection I won't do this. I won't do that. All I want is peace of mind. And believe it or not, I always wanted to have this type of topic 
to teach people how to live when their loved ones die. But it pretty much was going to be either a book or something to teach parents how to teach their kids how to live when they're gone. Because that's something that's truly never, that's never been discussed, pretty much. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So since we're dealing with drugs with you right now, you know, I'm very, very blessed that you came out of this the way that you did. I mean, I wish I was there with you so I could punch you in your arm. No shit, you know, you always listen to you, just punch you straight, straight like in the nose. You know what, I get that, and the the fact of the matter is I sound so hypocritical and I sound like a fucking idiot. Like, why would you do that? Why would you? Yeah, you sound like It was just retarded. Completely retarded. Yeah. I sound like a complete idiot. However. However. Yes, I'm glad. Listen, I would, yes. Talk to me. Yes, because I wouldn't have, have been able to understand it. I wouldn't have been able to find my faith again. I wouldn't have been able to understand that, you know what, people make mistakes. And these people that are called addicts are just normal, everyday people That's that true. are amazing moms and dads right. and have careers and lawyers and policemen and doctors. And they are normal people that just did something that took them down a road and my road I needed I feel like I needed to go down because I needed to know I was so full of grief and hatred and 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 couldn't understand it and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I needed to go and try it just to figure right. out I mean God God exactly. willing I didn't do you know that's not the way to figure out you know how to do it but however I didn't have my faith and I didn't have the tools and I didn't I didn't go out in the community and I didn't go to counseling and I didn't do the things that I should have that I was told to do, that people that have walked this road before me said to do. Hard-headed, wait, thinking. Wait, wait, wait. They yeah, told you that that's what you should do before you started taking Molly? When I went to um, therapy, you know, I had met a lady who had lost her daughter from heroin at the doctor's appointment. Right. She checked me in, and she said, I'm going to give you the best advice anybody will probably give you. She said, if you haven't started grief therapy, she said, please do it. She said, because... I didn't even realize I needed it until a year after my daughter died. I woke right. up, and it was like she died that day, and she lost everything. She said, I lost my job. I lost my career because I couldn't function, and that okay. same shit happened to me. That September, right. I woke up, sat up in bed, and was like, holy fuck, he's dead. So when people tell you that they walked those that road, mm-hmm. the best advice I can give anybody is listen. If you lose somebody... And it's it's tragic. Go to that counseling. Go to grief counseling. Sit around people that are just like you, right. because you are not going to find the answers talking or you know through a self help book. You're only going to find the true answers through a soldier that has walked through that war. Because so my, because when I was young, you're fine. Crack, the crack epidemic had got bad. I remember telling somebody, I said, "Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna start taking crack." I said, because I'm going to prove to everybody it's a choice, right? Right. So I'm saying to myself, since the fuck the choice, everybody can beat this thing. And then I said to myself, you know what? Mm, that shit really might work. Nah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. But I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And I know it's an epidemic out here because when I watch the news of opioids and all this yep. type of stuff and how it's really, especially in... You're a part of the country. Right. 
see, that's where the government is flooding all oh, yeah, it's those a big, drugs yeah. into yep. these small towns in uh, America. Population control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. And well, that's just my whole thing. Yep. That the government, everything about this world, right, right now, mm-hmm. is about the almighty dollar. Amen. You know, you can't even go to the hospital if you don't have no damn medical insurance. Right. If you were dying and needed certain medication and you didn't have insurance, you are done. Yeah, it's a done deal. Yep. And that's why a lot of these older generations are turning to heroin because they can't get their medications from the doctors anymore. So that's the only thing they can afford up here in these parts. So the heroin is saving them? Well, the heroin's taking their pain away. I've read a wow. countless numbers of, of of people that are dying in their 60s, 70s in these small towns in Iowa and Idaho and Cleveland because their insurance was turned off. And these old people in their 60s and 70s have no way to control their pain. So they're turning to heroin because it's the cheapest thing that will take the pain away, even if it's for, I don't know, I've never done it before, but even for if it's at just that moment. Right. And they're hooked and they're overdosing. But, yeah, until you start reading those stories and you start Googling the shit, but the problem is with Americans, we don't Google and we don't want to learn about anything unless it happens directly to us. Right, right. Because we have too much, our lives are too busy to worry about all that other bullshit that other people are dealing with. So I'm here to tell you, yeah, I traveled down that road, stupid as hell. Didn't travel down in that depth. However, I'm here with my son to tell him about it and, that's it's just, so you know, making people more aware and being like, you know what, this drug does not discriminate. It doesn't care what color you are. It doesn't care what height you are, what nationality, how old you are. It's coming, and it's mm-hmm. out there doing push-ups in the parking lot right now to get stronger. And you may not even know it. Your neighbor, your sister-in-laws, your in-laws, they're more than likely somebody that you know is battling with addiction. You just don't know because it's not talked about. Right. It's not talked about in our, in our society. You you hide shit that's embarrassing, and that's another thing I struggle with. Is like, God damn, who? I'm not telling anybody I'm in treatment. Right, right. Like, are you crazy? They're gonna think I'm a cuckoo bird, or or I'm out here putting needles and smoking crack, and I'm losing my teeth. And nah, I'm still chunky. Have, I'm still yeah. Now, do you have your teeth? I have. I'm TK. I didn't do them drugs. Okay, if, yes, I have all. I have all my teeth. Molly did not take my teeth. However, okay. Molly makes you lose your hair. Like I did lose about eight inches of my hair. So okay. for anybody who is traveling down that road, yeah. But I have all my teeth. Not yet. But that was my okay. thing growing up too. I thought that people that smoked crack were just you know old white people that lived in trailer parks. Right, right. You know, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know the shit of any other. Nothing. Nothing. Only saw the shit on the movies, so here to tell you, like, just, yeah, the, you know, research it because chances are one day the way the world's going is it's going to touch your life in some way, and if it doesn't, be blessed that it hasn't. Mm-mm. I know, when you see me. Me? I'm 39. Oh, you're a young woman. Old enough to know better. Right, that's true. Well, you are. But I don't, you know what, I wouldn't change, I, you know what, as much as I lost and as much as hell as I went through... Somebody asked me if I would change anything, and at my hand to God, I wouldn't, because this has made me stronger. It has gave me my faith back. Um, he so gave my son faith. his mom back. 
Are your is your um, mom and dad alive? My mom and dad are alive. Yep. And are you guys close? We are very close. Okay, because I'm trying to figure out. Normally, I wanted to see if you and your father was close and your mom was close, and 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 even though you was close, you still went down this path. It's down. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Very close family. My my mom and dad have been married for 45 years. Right. Um, close as hell. I'm up there every weekend. We do everything together. However, they were the type of parents that kind of knew something was going on, but I was like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. They didn't know enough about drugs to know anything. Right, you know, right, they didn't, right. they didn't travel down that road. She just must be, you know, and that's another thing you go to treatment and you're like, why the fuck didn't anybody notice? Why didn't anybody notice? And it's like, well, because you wouldn't let them. You mm -hmm. stayed in the house. You just made sure your son was okay. But you never left the house after that because you were battling depression. So the truth of the matter is, if your mental health is not okay, and that's another thing that's not talked about. God forbid you ever say in this society that you're depressed because people think of straight jackets and rubber rooms. Right. So that's well, not talked about either. Right now, how often was you taking Molly? Like you were taking it every day? I would, nope, nope, nope. I would take it every weekend. So about three weekends out of the month. But the thing with Molly, you know, it's just a pill. So you only take one pill and you could be up kicking it for a day. But right. then Molly is a depressive. So, you know, on Sunday, if I'm, you know, I take three pills over the weekend, Sunday rolls around, I'm coming down, but then I'm depressed because, you know, Molly's a downer. I didn't okay. know anything about that. Right. So on top of my depression and my grief, I'm making myself more more depressed because I'm taking this pill that, you know, I think is like, okay, I don't, I don't feel when I'm on it. I feel good. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm, I'm great. My feelings don't matter. I'm not crying. I'm okay. Right. Bullshit. You know, you now, just, you didn't research. What else would you, what would have been another route if you had another route to go other than taking a <clears throat> and to deal with your depression and you can't afford therapy and you, let's say you can't afford therapy. Going to these meetings that they have with people that have lost, you know what? People have lost so many people that this epidemic is so big that every corner you go around, there is either a meeting or a place where people gather that have lost people from this drug. Right. If I would have sat in a room full of people that had, had gone through what the hell I was going through, I didn't have to look far. Right. Because they're, they're Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Right. I'm on the internet on Facebook, and there's so many heroin, you know, families that have lost people, they're losing them every, I think, every 76 seconds somebody's dying from a heroin overdose. Man. And, you know, in Florida, when I was talking to the detective at that time, you know, they had so many people coming into the emergency room, they, they couldn't even save them because carfentanil is so potent that it's like taking a salt shaker and, and shaking it in your hand. That's the, the smallest amount it takes to kill you. They, wow. they had doctors coming in that were just touching the patients that were dying because that's how potent carfentanil is. It's Man. literally a salt shaker amount on your hand that will kill you. This is an elephant tranquilizer that they are putting in your weed. Now they're putting it in your weed. They're putting it in your mess. They're putting it in your coke. They're putting it in normal normal things. And people are dying so so rapidly that they don't have enough Narcan to save these people. Now what is and the, Narcan? The car so Narcan is a drug. It's a drug that is administered up in each nostril. It's like a spray. And it uh -huh. instantly stops and blocks the opiate. So if you can get to the person in time, it's like a little syringe, it squirts up each side of the nose, and it completely stops the effect of the drug. 
and it sends the person instantly into withdrawal. So they wow. wake up pissed the frick off. They wake up angry. But the carfentanil is getting so strong in these parts that it's taking three syringes of Narcan to, or Narcan to save one person. They don't carry Man. that much in, a, in an ambulance. Right. They don't carry that much. So you're not, if you have one syringe full of it, it's not going to matter because that car is so strong, it's taking three shots to get these people back. But the truth of the matter is, as soon as they come out of that overdose, chances are they're going to go back to that same dealer to get that same batch. Man. It's reality. It's reality. And that's why the people who are listening, you really got to stop because the, I always tell people the government does not care. Does not give one shit about you. They don't. They are the biggest drug dealers in yep. the world. And so I, if you don't research, yeah, research it. You know, I'm thinking about El Chapo. I was watching his um, documentary last night. And when mm -hmm. you see all the money he made, the only reason why they came down on him, because he probably pissed somebody off. But Almost definitely, him, yep. You know what I mean? Or he didn't, yep. he didn't pay somebody. Or anything like that. He didn't give the right share to them. Right, exactly. And that's a shame that the government is like this. And now they have this opioid thing, and it's really taken – majority of all the white people. It's not a Oh black yeah, thing. most definitely. No, it's not no. A black thing. I'm shocked that they even doing that. Like I guess I guess whoever made that decision said fuck the white people. Right. Now. They're annoying too. Right. Because <laughs> I said I think my, if I'm not if I'm correctly let's see if I got this right. There's a certain amount of white people are dying a day. On opioids in this shit. Like, oh yeah, there, yep, yep. But is, a, is it a hundred and something a day or a week? It's it's one every seventy six seconds. Right. In some of these cities, TK, there are so their morgues are full, and they're putting bodies in U hauls. They're renting U hauls to put these bodies. But you're not hearing about this unless you Google it. They're putting bodies in U hauls because there is no room for them. The funerals can't even keep up with them. Man. But if it's not touching your life, you're not Googling it. Right. You're too, you're, we're busy watching R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. We don't, we don't know it. If it's not happening to us. We're not watching it. Right. And it's population control. The government, if we, if we're living to a hundred and hundred, what the hell are we going to do? There ain't no space for us. Right. So let's give them this drug. Let's, let's take, let them, let them take themselves out. Right. And so, the other thing yep. that's about that, um, there was an article the other day that they're serving fake food. You know how they see it now, like those, no seeds in the watermelon, no seeds. Right. Um, nine states got penalized for selling <clears throat> fake fish. How the fuck? Well, who do does they that? Fake fish. The same way we have a fake ass president, I guess. This shit is insane. He created that. Same thing. It's fish? insane. Like, what do you? How do you even start that? What do you even? What are the ingredients in that? Exactly. So, if that's what we're capable of doing nowadays, be scared of what the hell they're putting out there, and and research every freaking thing, whether it's touching your life or not. 
research suicide. Our our babies are killing themselves because they're getting bullied, and and we're not we're not even researching that because it, it hasn't touched our lives yet. But then as soon as it touches our lives, then I'm trying to call you or trying to get it known. Like, listen, I'm just a normal, everyday woman. There is nothing special about me except I'm a damn good mom. Other than that, there ain't no reason I should be on your radio show. Because I saw your story, and I'm such a busy guy, and I said, you know what, I really want to talk about. How long has been you've been trying to reach me? Oh, it's been a minute. I didn't even know that you were as big as you were until I Googled you after I contacted you. But it's been a minute, but you're busy. Yeah, I said, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I kept saying that, so I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And then I had so many four, um, um, uh, um, platforms. I got Facebook and all these other things. And sometimes I forget my damn code, right? And I'm like, right. damn, I've been wanting to talk to you for like two weeks. But I have forgot my passcode to get back in. And I said, I'll get right to it. And I was doing something the other day. And I said, okay, cool. I can get in this way. Then I checked it again this morning. That's okay. I'm gonna reach out to her today and um, talk to her and let her know that I'm truly, truly interested in talking about this particular crisis in this world. So what I'm hearing, what you're saying, what the knowledge I'm having, what I've gone through and seen, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know I love y'all guys. And you have to stay strong and understand that these things that happen in your life, you don't have to do drugs. You just have to find another way. You can get out in the street, put some sneakers on, and just run four or five miles a day. I promise you it'll change your life. You can go. I promise you. If you um, walk, it can happen. If you could go to these meetings, like the young lady said, and talk to somebody. But listen, Talking, to me, yep. once you get on these drugs, it's a very, it's hard, hard to get off them. And yep, there if are you no guys love, and if you guys love your children the way I love my kids, the way you love your children, you don't want nobody to come take your kids away from you. I think that's one of the worst feelings in the world for someone to take their kid, take their, your kids away from you. Like I would, I, I wouldn't even know how to act. Yep. Down that way for me, you know. And the things that is also important, I got to show mad love to my man. Give me a second. Name Duke. I got to talk about my um. My. Well, not promoters, my sponsors, because I always got to show them love. And one is Miss Cheryl Anderson, and I've been promoting her guys on my podcast about you guys getting your credit together. I'm going to do another article, another episode on her soon, because I need you guys to understand that not credit, staying away from drugs, just being grown, ma'am, is a rough motherfucking job. You got to get up, wash your ass. You got to brush your teeth. You got to take care of family members. You got to get in your car and go to fuck to work. It can be challenging. So to all you young people out there who 
want to grow up fast. They want to do is, let me tell you, take your time for growing up because life is waiting to tap that ass. Amen. You feel me? If you are young, enjoy your childhood because life will tap that ass so bad that you end up, like this young lady was saying, taking opioids, taking these different types of things, and we don't want that. And your livelihood and being young is so, so important that you enjoy your life. And the book that I want people to start reading, too, is called Male Diction, the prequel by my man Duke C. Um, um, Duke. And you can go on um, Amazon.com and read it for free. Um, and it's like, okay, or, or either on Kindle. And I think it's a great, great book. And I want people to start reading a book, if you can, at least once a month. So just Google um, Duke. Duke C. You'll see his information there. And um, read the book, Mail addiction or male addiction which is i think is going to, is really interesting it's just hilarious you know so here we are babe so what i'm taking from oh i gotta do one more thing if you and listen to the show and you're in the tri-state area um this tuesday the 12th come check me out at cafe guego in the bronx with me and rob stapleton or you just go on my Instagram page and look it up at TK underscore Kirkland. You know, as the Lord keeps blessing me, I'm all over the damn country telling jokes and doing podcasts to bring stories like this beautiful young lady who was letting us um, hear what we need to hear so that you don't make the same mistakes. So let's recap this one time. If you're going through pain, you want to seek treatment before you get on drugs. I was talking yep, about- you want to talk about it. Yep, talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not something that shouldn't be a secret. And reaching out and talking about grief and talking about addiction and just talking about your mental health. There is nothing embarrassing about mental health because it's just not. It's what everybody is, is freaking going through. It's called life. So, therefore, Bye. talk about that shit. Talk about it. It doesn't make mm-hmm. you a bad person. It makes you just a person. Right. And if I would have reached out and talked to them, like, damn, this shit is fucking me up. Somebody talk to me. I would have found probably a thousand people that were going through the same thing I was going through. Mm-hmm. Now, so, but I'm here. No, <laughs> I am committed to my son and I am committed to getting my life back on track and to yeah. just letting this, you know, not, not making this my whole entire life, but just letting them know that normal people, it happens. And it's right outside your door. If you open the door and you leave it open long enough, you're gonna you're gonna find somebody. Somebody's right. gonna knock. And right. it's just letting people know don't even go on the road because the road has no exits. You can't get off once you get on. Right. And you're gonna have to ride it out and God willing you get off when it ends. However, I'm blessed enough to know that I had a reason for having to go down this road. I didn't have right. to, but I did. Right, and did. therefore, but maybe that's the reason I'm here right now, radio show, letting somebody else. And maybe if I save just one person, right, 
man, my hands of God, it would be worth it. So, oh, trust me, they listen on my show, so you definitely. Oh, I know they do. I didn't, you know what? I, man, I, I, I guess when I reached out to you, I didn't know that you were so big and inspirational. So, mm-hmm. talking to you when I first started talking, I was like, holy shit, this man is pretty big. So, I appreciate you letting me be on, and I appreciate you giving me a platform. And more than anything, I appreciate you not judging me. Yes, darling. And that's not what we do here. Everybody has a story, and I'm here to try to change as many people's lives as I can because a lot of people don't know why they're here. I know why I'm here, and I'm here to help people. So I want to do as much as I can, as fast as I can, as humanly possible as I can. For the ladies and gentlemen around the world, for all the players, for all the players, for all the hustlers on the streets, for everybody holding it down, taking care of their family, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Again, we have brought you another story that hopefully it can change your life. Until we meet again next Monday, may your pain be champagne. Tea to the motherfucker K. God bless you, young lady. You stay focused. Thank you, T.K. All right, you stay focused, and I wish you the best at life, and I'm rooting for you, okay? Oh, I'm going to keep in contact with you, TK. Much love to you. Okay, you got my cell phone number. so you. Can I got me. it. I, I got you locked in, so I'm going to keep you on this journey with me. Cool. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.